Hey folks, we're back. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel, Tales from New Orleans, episode 143. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. We've got uh, an original friend of the good life in the house, little homie. Greetings, everybody, I, to I episode 143. I, I prefer to call this episode 140 Pi, just to be you know accurate with the state of nature, because three nothing is really three. It's more 3.14. So I hope that you guys post it that way on the podcast. 140 Pi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to 140 Pi. What's up, Ivan? Well, guys, you know, listen, first of all, it's been a long time since I, I was on your podcast. Yeah, I know. And, I... and like, this is a bittersweet moment for me because I haven't been here for a long time, and yet this is the last time I'm going to be here for a while, too, because, yes, I am leaving town once again on Saturday to circumnavigate the globe in a Magellan-like way, and if anyone out there, any listeners have actually followed my story in any way from the podcast that I'm on, you know that I've been traveling each year. I was gone for seven months last year. I Skyped in from Thailand to do a podcast at one point, but this is an even bigger trip, okay? This is, first of all, you know how a lot of people talk about they reach some kind of crossroads in life, they got to make a decision, they need to do something different or something like that? Well, let me say this, that my life is entirely a crossroad. I've never been on a regular the road so it's not like this is anything different but yet again by staying in the same place for a while uh, it's more than itchy feet at this point I just need something completely different as I was just telling you guys before we started recording I am now getting rid of every single possession that yeah. I have okay I sold my car today I'm getting rid of my couches getting rid of all my furniture brought all my clothes to the Goodwill store everything gone like Jesus with the stick with a handkerchief tied yeah. on it I'm gonna set off soon like and Snoopy I'm, like Snoopy exactly right like the Red Baron I am just gonna take off and in a few days you know I'm leaving again I estimate that this trip is gonna be about 10 months long before I return and I come back to New Orleans to get a new apartment you know one other thing that I want to mention for those of you out there that perhaps were following my story at any point remember that I've been living in this crappy shotgun I ranted about shotguns a little while ago if you guys recall and I've been living in this crappy shotgun the reason why I've been there for the past four and a half years is that the government has mistakenly been paying half my rent the entire time and yet just a subsidy right I I, I don't know if I would call it a subsidy I like to call it a mistake or I like to at least think that you know it's what a special spirits like myself deserve in this life from society and yet even though I've been saving all that money and my life has been so cheap I had a free gym membership for five years I had the government paying remember that I told that story too I had the the government paying half my rent for five years right my car insurance is $30 a month I don't know how no one else that I know you know even come close to that my overhead's been nothing but it just shows you that in spite of all those advantages and the benefits that I've got by sticking it out here it's time to hit the road i can't justify it anymore i'm leaving it all behind i'll figure it out when i come back next year and it's and it's time to roll all right so yeah. so yeah so this is gonna be the last time that i'm actually here for a little while although farewell for now it's little farewell for now right. and, and guys right. i hope that it's not that farewell because you know i could skype in with jetto from california then i'm gonna be down in mexico for a couple months you know the other night it was a couple weeks ago. I was just googling around in this town that I used to live in in Mexico, Pu- 
Puerto Escondido. And I'm looking at this house on the beach and I scroll down and it says property manager. And there's this picture of this guy I was buddies with when I lived down there, who now has this thriving real estate business down there. And I contacted him and he was like, yeah, you can stay in my hotel for free while we set you up. We're going to get you an amazing house. You know, come down in January. No, come down in January after the vacation season and I'm going to take care of you completely. So after California first for a little while right now, my first stop on this world tour is going to be Mexico. I invite both of you to come to my house on the beach yeah. down there. This place, oh, Puerto Escondido, is an amazingly beautiful place of like the most fabulous beaches in the world, the greatest food, amazing nightlife. You know, it's like an expat it. surfing community. And that's just going to be the first stop on what is going to be a worldwide tour. Well, your first stop is going to be this, uh, this little uh, riding retreat you're doing with Jetto in California, right? That's true. That's true. Let me uh, begin the advertisement right now just by getting the name out there. Okay. It's a, it's a comedy musical production called Toil Town. And uh, yes. you know what? Your very own Jeff DeVille, your podcast host here, might be contributing. I'm going to try and get him involved by writing some music because we mentioned that oh, the good. other That's night. Right. And yes. I mentioned it yes. to Jed and he was excited about it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, our buddy Jetto, who's a friend of the podcast as well. When do I get a script? You know, before. Um, we're writing it when I go out there right now. Okay. I have, so, I have some true. songs written already, though, that I can Oh, you do? Yep. I wrote the lyrics to one specific song that I entitled Love Leaves You Limp. Uh -huh. And I want to send that to you, and I want okay. to see if you can set okay. that to music. A certain, there's a certain type of snark going on here, right? More, more than, more than snark. More than snark. Comedy. Yeah. No, Straight this comedy. Is, this Versus. is full-on comedy. Look, the right. title is Toil comedy. Town. It's about the hardest working town in America that was founded back in the Pilgrim days by a guy who was looking at Roger Williams in Rhode Island and going, you guys are slackers, you're lazy, and you're misinterpreting the Bible. And this town really represents God's intention. Not that that seventh day was a day of rest. It was a day where people... People were supposed to work for God instead of him slaving away for us. And we're all taking it easy and we all got it wrong and we're all going to hell except for the toil towners who not only represent the Bible properly but also really the work ethic of America and actually the soul of mankind. And the battle for toil town really is the battle of the soul of mankind, a struggle between the Lord and the devil himself. I don't want to spoil it all, all right? I don't want to give it all away right now. And I don't, you know, I don't want to upset Jed either by spilling all the beans. But people, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be in a theater near you, and by that I mean a pizza place that we converted into a theater in New York City that y'all need to come to to watch the first productions. But I am going out to California to work uh, with Jed on this, and he rented us this awesome sweet house in Palm Springs. It's like jacuzzi, giant pool, bar in the Doesn't backyard. He, have yeah, house? Yeah. he has this fabulous house in the hills of Los Angeles, but we got to take a writer's retreat to Palm Springs for a few weeks. Of course you do. We, that's we do, though, you do, right? Because right? that's yeah. where we're really going to get the work done. Not go to weed stores not do that but no. actually get work. the work done do the work. is what the plan is so I'm excited about that and I'm looking forward to helping him out and, and then he's going away for a few weeks and I'm going to house sit for him in his fabulous house which is really the time for you guys to come out walk and visit the dogs. yeah oh, well the dog is getting ancient and really doesn't need much walking anymore but open I am going to open the back door open the back door yeah uh, I am going to house sit for him though and that's a great time because I get to like go to the Chaco shops and tell the Mexican girls, let's go back to my place and pretend like it's my fabulous house and it's my Jaguar in the garage and everything do like that. Do you put up, uh, do you put like photos, like replace some of their photos? Yeah, with yours? I guess yeah, I get some generic photos of the people who are really good looking to be my parents and look really Christian to That's give birth true. to a bald Jewish guy like me. But it fools the Mexican <laughs> chicks that work at the taco place and everything is okay. And it's good for a few nights at least. It's fabulous out there though. You know, and again, the shotgun 
gone, as I've ranted before, it's been so cheap, but every time I travel, I live so much larger. Everywhere I go is so much nicer. Now it's like to walk out that door and never look back and turn into a pillar of salt. You know, it's just gonna be a liberating kind of weight of the world's off the shoulders moment. That's Sweet. Nice. Jetto, uh went ape shit on text the other day. Jetto, your writing partner. <laughs> yes. Did you hear about this? Well, I know all about his rants about how he's defending the Giants and trying to pull the rug out from under the Saints, you know, because he's an extreme New York Giants fan, as I, I am too, and I was more in the past, but he was ranting and raving on an earlier thread too, okay. you know, saying how the Giants were going to beat the Saints in the playoffs and that from three and seven, they were going to win six games in a row, get into the playoffs, meet the Saints and crush them, and that actually the Saints owed so much to the Giants from earlier trades and coaching tutelage or whatever well, this, it was. This, this thread on Sunday was during the Giants-Phillies game, uh, Philly, the Eagles game, right? Right. And so the Saints had already won on Thursday night, and the Giants were winning during the first half. Yeah, yeah, they were doing good. And it was just me, <laughs> Wheeler, uh, Meatball, and um, Jeremy Smith on the thread. I told him that my phone was broken. That's why and, I didn't okay. it, and that was good. And he <laughs> he was like someone doing bath salts or crystal meth, or like someone who clearly had not slept for two days. It was unbelievable. Well, don't don't forget like, that he didn't smoke weed for thirty years and he started. Okay, so to get like kind of like me. So Joel, can I say something, yeah. man? Making a joke about crystal meth is not funny. Oh, that's not funny. That's not funny. All right. Why? Because we that the fun. rules have been thrown down. Wait, what? What's no, 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 no. hard line in the sand? Hard line in the sand. Is there a censorship yeah. on the podcast? Yeah. Are there areas the I can't Shadow has kids, man. Well, we have. We have. <laughs> what do you call the things at the network? The, guy, the people at the network who uh, censor you. The censors. Oh, that the is, podcast yeah. has a that censor. is the second time you've done this, Joel. For crying out loud. <laughs> this is, we, well, this when are you going to stop bagging on your friends? First of all, Griper is our censor. Well, listen. You can say it's real upset. Remember, you can say anything that you want about me at any time. Don't don't censor yourself about me. And Jeddo doesn't have any kids. In fact, he promised not to pass on his genetic lineage. And so you can say anything about him too. I think that he'll get over it. Um, well, he went apeshit crazy. And then of course, like I'm just gonna. You talk for a second. I'm gonna pull up this text. No, keep going, tell us man. More I, about, I don't know the rest of the tell story. Us, tell us more. <laughs> make it up. <laughs> just make it up. I know, I just have so to, then he uh, sent us dick pictures. Uh, I'll make it up. Our censor. Um, I just need to find this damn thread. Well, he did. Well, he, what do we owe to the New York Giants? Look, all I can tell you this anecdote. Apple, says, Eli Apple, Jet. Jet. I, Jetto, I, I want to say this. First of all, I love you, and I want to let you know that we we do owe a certain debt of gratitude to the New York Giants organization in as much as the New York Giants organization uh, owes a debt of gratitude to the athletic prowess and gene pool of people who are produced in New Orleans because your two biggest stars are from the city of New Orleans. That is true. Actually from the same high school. That is true. Uh, that's right. So, um, so I, I feel like there's a, a kind of a bond there between the Giants there is and the connection. Saints. There's there a, is connection a connection going on there. And uh, I had, you know, for instance, like, Let's take another team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. There is no connection whatsoever Zero. between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New Orleans Saints. Nope. You know, None. we unceremoniously dismissed Malcolm Jenkins too right. early. 
but fuck it. That's it. That's the right. you know. Only he went off and had some good fucking years, and, and he's, he's still also playing like well. The coolest like social justice. He's guy a super league. cool guy, right? Sure. Exactly. There are many connections between New York and New Orleans. No, even many. Sports, so exactly. Many and, that's and right. Sports is part that's of right. it. And Jetto, who lived down here for a decade and is from New York City, and whose second favorite team is probably the Saints, and yet being three and seven, you know, and a frustrated fan of the Giants just led him to get milligrammed up. First of all, right. go over the top, sending out these ridiculous. <laughs> so bags, ridiculous. Trying to justify that the Giants were better than the Saints. Meanwhile, the Giants were the three Giants and seven. are better than the Saints. <laughs> that's what he was this trying year? to say. The ten and one Saints and the that's three great. and seven Look, Giants. That's, okay, a, that's fantastic. You, I'm gonna give you all a couple of highlights. I love it, man. I gotta give him kudos I'm for gonna, trying. I'm right? Gonna, I'm gonna give you all a couple of highlights from the text thread. Because here's the thing about because Dan Weiner was on the thread too. And here's the thing. To get Meatball and Dan Weiner to talk trash on a text thread, you're really being rude. Because yeah. those are two of the, I mean, A, just Meatball doesn't talk shit. Right. And Dan Danny's always just like, that's nice. Ever. He's like, yeah, thank you for saying that. And even Dan was like, I've had enough. You wow. Know? But at some point, he's like, like Meatball was like, stick to the musicals at some point. Tile down! Because he was like, Jedha was like, and Weiner was like, Weiner was like, Jed needs a coffee and enema. Jedha was, Jedha was like, a dream to come a nightmare to others. And then in four separate texts says this. Oh, do you know what quote that from? You know your Excalibur, his favorite movie. You know your fate. You have lived it. It ends in sorrow. All your dreams shattered. Yeah. Well, that's similar to when he told me, I hope your movie disappears and is never seen again about the movie that I got shot in New York. So that's the type of tone that Jetto usually has. And Dan, and this is a dig. To his best friends. (laughs) And this is a dig from the the nicest guy in the world. Dan Dan Weiner's dig is like, stop projecting Jetto. That's like as as mean as Dan Weiner gets. Right. But, um. Effing no more. (laughs) The last thing I said, because, uh. Oh, he, he mentioned you. Uh, little homie. Oh, great. Uh, wait a second. Great. Uh, <laughs> was it in connection with the musical? Yeah. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> the last thing, the whole last sign-off was like my text that the only time uh, Jeremy Smith chimed in was just to emphasize my text, which was right like one second after the game ended. I was like, sorry, I've been writing my boy band puppet musical. Great progress, by the way. Sorry to miss football, though. Who won that Giants game? <laughs> <laughs> but what was what was my inclusion? He said, "Little guy coming." Wait, he says, "He said, dude, the little guy needs to keep his fucking mouth shut. Tell me he didn't go on the podcast." <laughs> I was like, "God, he's coming on this Tuesday, bro." Uh oh, uh oh. Uh, I don't. I think everything is okay. I don't think someone's going to steal the idea, write the show themselves, uh, based on what I, I don't said. Think so. But he's going to give you shit. Bro. Well, that's good. Let him. Charlottetown, everybody. Charlottetown, everybody, and Jetto, and Jetto. Well, let me. Uh, you know, while it's, while it's on my mind, let me uh, get to the rant oh, of the week. Oh yeah, you know, please, then we please. can then we can talk about some other stuff too. Hold on. Oh, the sound <laughs> effects. Rant rant of the of week. week. Farewell for now. Sounds good. Uh, You know, it's been a couple months, but we'll still call it the rant of the week. And listen, what I want to talk about today, guys, it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart. It's very emotional to me, actually. It's very much integrated in the New Orleans experience. I think it's very much something you're both going to be able to relate to. And hopefully it's something some of our listeners will at least be able to relate to or be interested in. What I'm talking about exactly tonight is the act of blacking out. 
All right, and the first thing, look, Word. I know that you guys, I know that Jeff DeVille and Joel Jackson know what I'm talking about when I'm using the term blacking out, but I want to make sure that all the listeners are on the same page right now. First of all, I want to make sure everyone understands this is about drinking too much alcohol, okay, this term blacking out. And I'm not talking about when you puke and you pass out. It's not you, passing out. It's, it's not passing out. out. It's not passing out. It's not being unconscious in any way. It's it, losing memory. It's losing memory. It's being on your feet and acting and being alive somehow, and some maybe way. funny and awesome and Poss charming. Maybe possibly. funny, maybe charming, maybe a devil. Hulk. Maybe Hulk out. Yeah, maybe yeah. Hulk, maybe a complete nightmare. But it's right. something that you don't remember it at all, right? It's the surreal experience where you wake up the next morning and you're missing hours. Sometimes, you know, even for some people, days of time, potentially, sure. right? It has happened, you know, that Arthur, you know, wakes up in Philadelphia and he doesn't know how he got there or something like yeah. that. But that, yeah. that's what the act of blacking out is. I don't know how many of you out there have ever experienced this. And listen, this is not a glorifying blackout rant or anything like that. As you'll see in a few minutes, it's almost the opposite, right? But I just wanted to define the term before I launch into it. And now, you know, kind of like uh, Stephen Hawking wrote The Brief History of Time, I want to give you a brief history of my blacking out, right? Kind of my opus about my universe. And I want to say this. I want to say, first of all, that I was born a poor Jewish child in Queens, New York. And now we fast forward about 31 years from then, okay? And it's 1998. And listen, I was always a partier. Okay, I mean, I always drank. I came down to New Orleans many times. I experimented with stuff. You know, as a teenager, I did everything that you could do. And yet, it was really in 1998 when I moved down to New Orleans again, to Oak Street. And that's when I met you, Joel, and that's when I started joining the current scene, which was like a glory golden era day that we talked about before on the podcast, that I really started getting a tremendous tolerance for alcohol. An ability to drink much more than I ever had before. Really practice making perfect every night. At like Snake a bottle of vodka before you go out. Like right? a bottle of vodka before you're yeah. going out, all for free. You know, everywhere I, 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 you know, I became almost Mr. Absolute, as you know my reputation. That it's the only thing I ever drink is straight vodka on the rocks. Mr. I would, Absolute. You know, you know, Mr. Absolute. Yeah. I would walk into a bar and whatever, whoever was bartender would just stick a, a to the brim full glass of vodka in front of me again and again and again all night long. Whether it was Gripe or Andre, Melissa. Uh, you know, at, at, at Maple Leaf, you know, we yeah. knew all the bartenders back then. It was an amazing scene, a very dangerous scene. And now it's a Christmassy Eve night in 1999, about a year after I moved down here during that period. And first of all, I'm at a work party for Stanley Kaplan, you know, the test prep people. And I have a problem sometimes where I have to admit, I like to impress people with my drinking ability, right? So I'm there at this work party in front of my boss and the other teachers. And I just like held a bottle of vodka up to my lips, you know, and drained the entire thing. And by the time Danny came to pick me up to bring me to the Dew Drop In, where John Cleary was playing that night for a special show, because you know the Dew Drop In yeah. hasn't really been a regular place for That's a long right. time. But it was That's open right. on this night on 1999. You know, I was already getting hammered. I left there with, you know, everyone thinking, how could this guy have drank so much vodka? And then we go to the Dew Drop In where we meet a bunch of our friends, including Jesse, I remember was there that night. And the last thing that I remember remember, and this is my very first blackout of all time, the last thing I remember is some girl I don't know is bringing me yet another glass of vodka, all right? And that's the last thing that I remember, and then I wake up the next morning in my bed like covered in mud and sore all over, not knowing anything that had happened, never having experienced this before in my life. Again, this crazy surreal experience, like what happened, you know, was I alive? Joel, you that know what I'm first talking about. That was yeah. my first blackout. I yeah. mean, again, I partied my whole life, but sure. I never got to that point where I didn't puke or pass out and I could drink that much that 
I just had like an astral projection, you know, of my soul up into a drunken space, leaving my body. I don't know how else to define it. And I didn't know what happened. And then I started hearing the stories about what happened and all the crazy things that I did that night, including how I was like lying in the middle of the street, blocking traffic. And Danny had to pull me up. And Danny drove me home in my car and then walked back from Third Street to his house on Oak Street at like five o'clock in the morning. And he left my it's the miles and miles walk that the nice Danny that we were talking about before, who, you know, historically is my best friend in the world because we went to summer camp together from the age of seven. I've known him for 44 years. And so to do me a solid, he left my car at my house. I was so hurting, you know, and he walked home from there. And that morning when I woke up, that was my first experience of this blackout act. And it was the first time that I grappled with that I could be alive and I could be doing things and have no memory of it whatsoever. And again, it could be like a surreal, you know, existential experience of, you know, how how do you, what do you deal with that? How do you relate to that? And then, you know, over the next years, because I'd reached that point of tolerance and because, you know, we were on this crazy drinking scene back then. I mean, we all did party harder than we party now at this point. It really was an apex of Oak Street partying in a way. And so every once in a while, it would happen to me again. And I would have to, again, deal with waking up the next morning, having no idea what was going on. Yes, not learning my lesson from any of these experiences because I love partying so much and getting caught up in the act of drinking and losing control is part of why I love it so much and I couldn't you know be that sensor and clamp down and you know be I'm only gonna have five drinks tonight or something like that so every once in a while would happen now I want to fast forward a few more moments to you to when I was leaving New Orleans to move to Thailand yeah okay because this is when my blacking out became a much more serious issue and a much more frequent occurrence. Part of it was, yes, over there, it's 50 baht for a full glass of vodka, to start with that. That's $1.33. And like, similar in New Orleans, anywhere that I would go out there, they knew me, they would just put a giant glass of vodka in front of my face again and again and again, in addition to the fact that you don't need a prescription back then to get anything from a pharmacy in Thailand. And because I haven't serious insomnia for real and because I always love Xanax you know I started doing Xanax every night before bed to help me sleep I wasn't taking it to go out partying or anything like that but it was in my system and in my bloodstream that makes sense making it that much more likely to black out okay and this was a crazy period for me all right where I was drinking a tremendous amount had the Xanax in my bloodstream you know was ending up doing insane things and blacking out and hearing crazy stories listeners I want to and Admit to you all that all the worst things that ever happened to me in my life happened during those five years, and I don't remember any of them. Okay, now, <laughs> Do you, but, but there were there were uh, there, there were, were witnesses. But there were outcomes. There were horrific, your, horrific outcomes life that I'm about to relate, yes. and there were eyewitnesses to it. But I don't remember any of the pain and really the suffering initial moments or any of the ridiculously stupid things that I did to inflict damage upon myself because I was blacked out every time. The first thing, I'm, I'll only go into a couple of the major ones, but the first thing that happened one time was I woke up the next morning with my ass kicked so bad. I mean, you guys know me that I am crazy, but I'm a joker, I'm a friendly guy. You're not a violent I'm, dude. I'm so non-violent. I've never seen you be not, not even close, anyone. I mean, yeah. and I'm a small guy in addition, and just that I love talking to people and but cracking you, but jokes. But you don't talk shit. If I do, it's I'm trying to be funny, exactly. right? And I'm never trying to be mean to somebody. I woke up, just so, I, my face was unrecognizable. 
someone had cut my face with a knife across my cheek. My rib was cracked, and I was in a pool of blood on my porch in Thailand. Through eyewitness testimony, what I reconstructed is I was blacked out, of course, because that's the point of the story. I'm hammered out of my mind. I go to a noodle shop at 3 in the morning. I sit in a chair, and the chair collapses beneath me, and the owner says, you have to pay for my chair. And I say, fuck you. It broke beneath me. You know, you should pay me some money. And he says, well, I'm going to call the cops on you. And I fold my arms, and I lean up against the light post, and I say, go ahead, call the cops. I don't care. And a crowd gathers around, and three policemen roll up on their motorbikes, and I give a speech according to this girl that was listening about how they're all beneath me and they can't do anything to me, you know, and try and get 300 baht out of me. 300 baht, folks, is $9, which I could have averted the rest of this horrific story for $9. If I could have had a time machine and I could go back in time and kill Hitler, kill the dog that jumped on my testicle really hard and pay those cops nine bucks, not necessarily in that order, I would definitely do it, folks, okay? Because I drove away on my motorbike <laughs> And the three policemen followed me to my house and beat me silly. All right? And that, that's me again, you know, completely nonviolent in any way. It was the demons let loose by the blacking out. You know, like you were saying, you could be charming. Unfortunately, my history with blacking out is like letting loose a Beelzebub from inside of sure. me, right? Where I'm going to say smash. the crazy shit. I think my theory, and we'll get there too, is it's more of a masochistic than a sadistic streak in me. I don't want to hurt anyone. I want to be punished. Part of my thing, and I have vague memories of it too, I would just walk up to the biggest guy in the bar and like poke him in the chest and like, you know, dare him to hit me or something like that. That that bad, right? But this night, I'd never been beat up like that before. I couldn't ride my motorbike for a month because my rib was cracked. I was literally just disfigured. I mean, I healed up completely, luckily, as you know, but I mean, I was cut really bad too, and it says all healed you. up. Says me, yeah, <laughs> at, least, at least. I don't look in a mirror anymore, so as far as I know, I healed up completely. But it was this nightmarish experience, and you think that I would have learned my lesson from that, don't you, good listeners out there? But you a, didn't. But I did not. And now let me get to the story of the worst thing that happened to Black me out there. Black <laughs> yeah. The worst thing that happened to me during this time was that one night, I kind of remember, there was the strip of bars. It was called Soy Reggae because it ended in this giant reggae club. And me and my best drinking buddy at the time was this giant Welshman. He was like six foot four, 300 pounds of muscle. And we would go drink for drink every night. Folks, you know, I'm like five, six, 150 pounds basically. And I kind of remember riding away. And this is when I woke up the next morning in the hospital, okay? I had catapulted head first over my motorbike at some point and smashed my head up against the road. Never wear, I never wore a helmet once when I was out there. We would make fun of people that wore helmets because you know you should die if you're too stupid to wear a helmet, right? Follow that logic. Um, so I woke up in the hospital, right? And first of all, I was in utter pain. Uh, they also told me that I was a maniac when they brought me in the night before and I was going crazy and I kicked the nurse in the stomach that I felt really bad about. I brought her, I bought her a bottle of wine and a bouquet of flowers trying to apologize to her. But bottom line, my jaw was broken, my hand was broken, my orbital bone was fractured. They, my hand was like hanging off part of it. They told me I might never be able to play guitar again. I lied to them and told them I was a guitar player, Jeff. So, but they told me I would never be able to play again, right? Um, and, and my jaw oh, was... Why it you point that out to me. But, <laughs> it was okay, just a joke. It was it. just a joke. Uh, but I, my jaw was wired shut for six weeks. 
You think that I was learning my lesson at that point, but I was drinking vodka through a straw along with my regular meal of kiwi juice, fish oil, protein powder, and raw eggs that I had for six weeks as I svelted it down to about 98 pounds at that point. Because I, you know, I was talking like this because my jaw was all wired shut and I was drinking my vodka through a straw, okay? Um, and so, yes, I healed up from that miraculously with no permanent injuries, really, except some jaw problems that plague me every once in a while. And yet, I still hadn't learned my lesson. I had another blackout, smaller motorbike accident not that long after that, right? And then I came back to America, okay? And to kind of tie it together and bring people into the current moment, it's still happening, folks, okay? Your little homie here is about to turn 51 years old, all right? Your little, your little, your little homie is about to be 51 years old, and look, I don't know if it's too stupid to learn a lesson or Peter Pan syndrome or just the demons inside. Peter Pan syndrome. Right? I'm, I'm invulnerable. I'm a kid. I'm not a, a middle-aged man. You know, and the demons inside of me that were produced by my childhood, my suicidal father that we'll talk about on a different rant, this, that, and the other thing. And and yet, I've never learned my lesson, whether it was when I came back um, to New Orleans right away, the first Thanksgiving was the night I drove everyone around, blacked out, then left my car somewhere, came to consciousness with my thumb out on the highway. Oh, no. And I didn't even know where I was, and I just moved back to town, I didn't even know where my apartment was, and I walked for hours and hours trying to find my apartment, and finally got back there. It could be that, it could be the Crew de Vue, where a friend at the gym was like, could you take care of my friend's son and take him to Crew de Vue? Are you and kidding? I, no. And you said yes. And I said, yeah, sure, bring him along. Long. This kid and I drank like a bottle of vodka by eight o'clock at night, blacked out, did crazy stuff, abandoned him, woke up. Abandoned. 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 The kid was like 19 years old. Oh, I was like, okay, good. Woke, then I woke up. The that, first kid you ever had, you abandoned. Yeah. The, then I woke up that morning. The only thing in my pocket, I was on the street, the only thing was the battery to my phone. And everything else was gone, like my phone, my keys, you know, everything was completely gone. There was that. And now finally to bring it all the way to today and the reason why this kind of was on my mind over these last weeks as I was waiting to do my next rant was our buddy Danny that we've been talking about. Yep. Nicest guy in the world. Nicest sweet. guy. And my buddy, my man, you know. Really is the sweetest guy. He, You know, we're, we're so connected. We have so much history together. We've been through so much. I always want to do right by him. And it was his birthday a few weeks ago, his 51st birthday party, right? And to make this uh, a brief uh, story is that this is what you get for being buddies with me that, of course, I drank like a bottle of vodka at his house. Then we went out drinking. I blacked out. I came back to his house and he had to take care of me while he was with his date on his birthday. He tried to tuck me into his son's bed. He turned around, I crawled into his bed. He and his date had to get in his son's bed and then I puked all over the place at some point during the night. And so the next morning, my gift to the birthday boy was that I screwed up his birthday night and I threw up everywhere. And I was so hurting the next day with like alcohol poisoning on my hands and knees, like scrubbing the vomit off of the floor oh, that almost for anyone, that <laughs> could be a life learning lesson, right? But folks, I doubt it. You know, what, what I want to say is that I, I hope that... Uh, you know, all your listeners out there have slightly better control of your drinking, perhaps, than I do. I want people to have fun, and you know, and I do believe in blowing out the cobwebs and letting loose. Don't get me wrong, and I don't, I don't think that I'm ever going to change at this point, honestly, right? Because I think I need to accept this is who I am, and that it also gives me joy to let loose sometimes, even though 
every time I wake up when this happens, I feel really angry at myself, really guilty, and I wonder who I have to apologize to, you know, and I don't know what's going to happen. You know, many times I've hoped that I could get a better handle on this. You know, it's it, it's not even now that it's so frequent, it's that it still happens, that any time this happens to me could be the night that I die, you know, and I'm sure. almost willing to risk that. So again, I know that some people can relate to what I'm talking about. I, I'm not glorifying partying or drinking in any way, even though I love it. You know, I am trying to have a catharsis and let loose by you know telling this on the podcast and admitting this aspect of my life that my my dear friends you know know about this about me in a lot of ways and some of them share similar stories but none of, but a lot of them they didn't have these really horrific experiences because right. they black out and they basically just hang out and act like themselves you know for the most part instead of turning into the Tasmanian devil poking the biggest guy in the chest riding the motorbike off into the night and puking in your friend's bed um, how did can I ask you a question <laughs> is blacked out going to be a song in Toil Town uh, I wrote a song called Black that actually it wasn't about Toil Town. Now you got me all worried about Jed. What we're gonna have to do is edit. We're gonna not edit it, but we just it can be down. It just says town, and you can't hear the word toil on the podcast. I'll do that editing work, and everything is okay. Uh, how did Danny take it this most recent time? You know, Danny, he wasn't happy about, it, but of course he was completely understanding and forgiving. I, when I came back, because what happened was I didn't even notice that I puked. I just left in the morning, right. and then he called me up and told me about it. And I was like, oh my god, I was so hurting at home. And I went back and I did the job. I mean, I did the right thing and I scrubbed it really hard. It took me like an hour or so. You know, he was uh, appreciative and respectful yeah. that I did such a good job. But, you know, uh, he was not happy. Car carpet or wood floor? Uh, it was. It's like a concrete pour. And so that's okay. Oh, oh, it yeah. was more like slightly on the bed frame. No, no, oh, on the fabric, bed frame, yeah. on the fabric I did a little like, bit. I did like lean no, over, at least. I didn't just like lie there in the bed and oh, yeah. like puke into my mouth like John Bottom or something <laughs> like that. But I, but I leaned over a little bit and it still hit the bedside a little bit. How famous bit. would you be in your death if you had done, you'd have done I'm that? A, not at all. I'm a firm, I'm a firm <laughs> you'd, believer. You'd be living forever on this podcast <laughs> in our memories. I'm a firm believer that our best instincts kick in even when we're blacked out in terms of self-preservation. And but not, but like, how do you so how not, so not, tell how do you that to John Bonham? Yeah, how do you relate that to my stories of motorbike accidents and police beatings? No, I mean, I, yeah, good point. <laughs> okay, no, for, I, for me, that's been my experience. My witness thing is like, man, you really made it a point to avoid that situation. That well, you're also bad. the guy who doesn't drive, doesn't have a car, you know, make sure you don't do those things when you're drunk. And falls asleep underneath a train. Yeah, falls asleep underneath the tree. The Zulu. Um, I'm almost the opposite. I'm an idiot. All right, I've That was a pass out, not a blackout. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered that fully. That was a pass out, not a blackout. There's certain traumatic events that happen that can cut through the blackout. But like, <laughs> like one time I blacked out in front of Cooter Browns and like the worst thing I did was I went to go try and find a safe place, which was like the bushes. Right. I just crawled up in the bushes. No, you got much better and instincts someone than told me. me that. For me, it really is. It's like demons coming out and I'm like, let's get hurt. Let's make trouble. There's something in me. Yeah. I just go crazy. I have a death wish I'm all in about, I'm all about safety. When I can tell I'm about to black out, because sometimes you can black out and then come to while you're still out. Oh, it didn't. That That's when I was hitchhiking on the highway. That happens all the time. I came too. So when I know, when I, as soon as I start feeling myself getting to that blackout phase, I'm thinking about safety. How far am I from home? What's it? You know, how do I get myself mm. safe? And yeah. it's just my. That's what kicks in. No, I, I mean, I've had people, people have said me, you're at your most charming when you're blacked out. I've had people tell. <laughs> I'm, had, I'm not. I've had Jaime be like, "Dude, do you remember our conversation last night at the bar?" And I'm like, "No, I was blacked out." He was like, "You were talking about the fact that you knew you were blacked You've out." You said that to me too. Yeah. 
I have one. Yeah, you've said that to me also. Jeff, have you ever had this experience? Oh, yeah. Of oh, course. you have? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And yeah. have you ever woke up horrified by the things that happened or the injuries you sustained? Well, you can't remember the things that happened. But you, you can hear only about remember, them. You, yeah, perhaps you hear about them. I do wake up horrified similar to yourself because I, I, I think that there's, a, uh, there's a, a, a community of guilt that's shared from the Jewish community and the Catholic community that is very similar. Definitely. And it, and it hits me very hard in the morning when I can't remember. Oh, I'm so depressed If I, if I, I just go like get that. hammered. And, and there are, like, there are certain nights when I'm feeling randy, you know, and I'm, I'm just like, I know that I'm going to go out on a mission to just... Get hammered. To just get hammered totally. and have I the so best time. To that. Flip a right? <laughs> it's like a flip. Like you were saying sometimes you need to clear out the cobble. It's just like a flip on a switch. Sometimes, generally speaking, you feel you're right. Sometimes you're really committed to letting loose. Exactly. And yeah, those yeah. are the dangerous yeah. times. Yeah, those are the dangerous sure. times because also, I tend to be on those nights like completely and totally dedicated to the idea of like fulfilling a mission. Right. Yeah. So whatever that mission is, it's like five shows in a row that oh, night right. and we're going to go and do it you know what <laughs> right. I mean and at the end of the night it has to end at this bar no matter what you know what I mean <laughs> and it's like and I have that order of things in my brain and then I'm like no matter what my condition is I have to push through or who no right. matter what or, and as yeah. I'm going through you know the skin begins to stretch out and the clothes begin to tear and you know Hulk <laughs> smash Hulk comes out right <laughs> Hulk smash comes out Hulk <laughs> smash <laughs> I think you know part of it for me too is skipping dinner. Yeah. When I don't have like the food base in my belly, I'm. Oh, that is huge. Yeah, that happened at Danny's birthday party too. Because were you at Danny's birthday party, Joe? You were out of town. You know, we had like a piece of lobster for dinner. It was delicious, but it was like you know 200 calorie dinner. I drank a bottle of vodka, went out to tips, and drank another bottle of vodka. Uh, You know, went out of my mind, and that's happened to me before. And I'm trying to learn that lesson of at least you know getting dinner down when I'm feeling that sort of itch that I really want to get hammered and let loose and then I throw in all caution to the wind and I don't care what happens, you know? I mean, hey, the person's willing to buy my car even though there's some dents in it from who knows what I hit some nights. Well, it's $1,100, you know? Yeah, it is a cheap car. It's a cheap car. It is a cheap (laughs) car. Hopefully she can get grandfathered in on your insurance for $30. Oh, no, she's going to have to pay through the nose for the insurance. But, uh, but, you know, the whole, the black hand experience, like you said, I do feel really terrible when I wake up. You would think that that would drive me. But then after a certain time, has passed, I'm ready to risk it again. And that's what what I don't really foresee changing because I had these experiences, it didn't change me. I didn't really want to change yet. I think that's what it's Well, about. and you also, when you were telling your story about the itch that you have to travel, that you're at a continuous crossroads throughout your life, I think that's what it is. Are and you, we get, are you we get bored with our yeah. We get bored with our existence. And we want to oh, fucking 100%. shake. We just Look, want to shake shit up. I, I love this town. I love this town so much. There's no one else that I want to live, and yet it's not the place. It's me. After a while, like I'm just tired of the routine. Right. You know, I need something totally different. My crappy house. Even the good things we do, whatever it is, the maple leaf tip patinas. You know, I do it so often. Right. It's time for something completely different on the other side of the world. And then I come back fired up. You know, I'm gonna miss a season of Mardi Gras Jazz Fest, mm. which is really important to me because mm. I love that stuff. You know, I kind of live for that stuff, but absolutely. 
Simpsons will make the heart grow fonder in some sense, right. I believe. I've done I it believe. before. No matter how great it is, I don't need to do it every time like it's an obligation or something right. like that. I know people like that, yep. you know, and I don't feel that way. I want to feel rejuvenated when I come back here and fire it up about Nick's, you know, and stuff like that. And yeah. Talking about dog masturbation in front of kids at the parade. That's a, oh, Griper, Griper also censored us on that one too. Griper Why? was really upset with he that. He was upset about what? Dog uh, Griper, masturbation well, in front of kids? First of all, it's. I a, didn't hear about that one. <laughs> it's a story about a former roommate of Jeremy's who we pretty sure would masturbate his dog as just like taking care of his dog. We thought that he, we saw him do it sometimes while we were playing Scrabble at the house. He always used the word Zat. He was the Scrabble guy that would see like the official Scrabble words that you would never use and then bust them out during the game, and that's the only way that he can compete. But um, it was about. It doesn't even matter. It matters that I was telling the story first at a church that we were in to see her. Merlin Riley in front of Wheeler and his family, and oh, Wheeler right. was beat right. red, was flabbergasted. With you. I was with you. These, yeah. yeah, these old church ladies were turning around, listening to me, and his yeah. children were sitting there. I was going a little, a little over the top, telling this crazy story, and then we started to go back to the story on the parade route of Nick's last year, and this is where Griper totally lost it, got so upset that we were talking this stuff when children were around, and he stormed away from us for like 45 minutes off of the parade route, you know, railing at us. He was actually mad at Joel, even though I started. Even though you were telling the story. Yeah. He's like, Joel, why do you gotta think you're so funny all the time? I'm like, dude, I haven't someone telling the story, I'm just laughing. Dude, uh, but but it's about Griper being sensitive. That was more the point yeah. of it. Yeah, um, the thing at the uh, church with Wheeler and his family in it—that was like a holiday Christmas. It was like a Hurl and Riley gig at a we church. We violated every Griper rule on this podcast. <laughs> we sure and now we're talking have. about we Griper. Sure, sure. So we are certainly going to be in trouble <laughs> with so Griper trouble. after this. Yeah. <laughs> oh clearly, God. we're going to be in trouble. Somebody's going to rat us out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Well, Gripes, you know, he's here not working. He's in town for a long stretch right now. It's the nice. first time for a while. I've seen a bunch of them uh, lately Good. at Wheeler's house and here and there. Uh, he was supposed to go to Tipitina's with us the other night and blew that off. But anyways, um, that was my farewell rant, you know, about blacking out boys. Um, so let me ask you, because your your birthday is what day? The 4th. The 4th, which is what? Um, that's sure. after you leave. Yeah, um, we're driving to Palm Springs on that day. Got Unless it. Jed is writing me off because I, you know, revealed that everything could very about well happen. Town. Let's just not tell him about the podcast. <laughs> um, and then uh, your sort of farewell uh, event here. I'm curious to, as a segue from the blackout thing. Yeah, what is it going to be? How how is the thing we're all going yeah. to? Alzina's. Right. Is that how you say it? Alzina's. Alzina's. Um, we definitely want to tell the listeners about this, but are you gonna like it? Black? You gonna do a bottle of vodka before we get on the shuttle bus? Or are you gonna? No, I'd rather taste my food. I think maybe afterwards. But listen, uh, you know this place, Alzina's. Yes. It's like this ancient lady. She's like ninety years old. She's been cooking for a long time. This is in Galliano, Louisiana, right? Which is That's way right. way down south in the real bayou yeah, down yeah, there, yeah. right? You know, it's hour about an hour away. and a half away. The Italians. From That's where they settled. Yeah, exactly, right exactly. Uh, fishing types. The axe murderers. Back yeah, then. yeah. All the axe murders in New Orleans <laughs> settled down there. Um, but it's this lady. She serves one table per night, like in her house restaurant. For you know, one group. One group per you know per evening that she works to lay out this crazy spread. Wheeler and Marla, you know our buddies, a Wheeler friend yep. of the pod. They put their name on the waiting list last year, and it finally came up. And this celebration, it's like. It's like a tenfold birthday, goodbye, right. anniversary, Holocaust yeah. party, yeah. you know, and everything else thrown 
in there. It's going to be like insane. That. But, you know, it, it's it's Joel's birthday. It's my birthday. It's Fuzz's birthday. It's Wheeler's birthday. It's Marla's birthday. birthday yeah. It's my going away party. You know, it's this, that, and the other thing. So we're going down there. We're going to have a fabulous feast. It's early. You know, we're going to be eating early. We're going to go out after that, and it's going to be like a final night. Joel, you going? Oh, I'm going. I'm Is like, Griper going? Yeah. Griper's going. Everyone's going. going. Everybody's yeah. going. Everyone's no, everybody's going. in. Oh, everybody's like getting 20, blacked out. It's like 22 people. What are you talking about? Everybody's I feel going. like this is what your story was leading up to. <laughs> exactly. That we're all getting blacked it's out a on Friday. Shatter, right? Everything you just mentioned, you had a birthday, plus uh, Wheeler's uh, mom and stepfather, Jeff. That's right. And I, I assume the kids are going or no? Oh, uh, no. No kids are baby, baby sat probably, probably. Um, I don't think so we can talk about dog masturbation. So we're, exactly. We're taking, right. so, well, me, Wheeler's mom's going to be well, there. She's actually into dog masturbation. Griper's going to be there, so everything. You ever see that magazine, Dog Masturbation? I mean, you and I are going to have to sit on the opposite side of the table as Griper Dog. In this whole thing. No way. We got it. We got it all. But it's together. like you, you go there and it's like sixty dollars cash, all in, including tax and tip, and then you just bring whatever booze you yep. want to drink, right? And then we're all chipping in like twenty bucks a piece. We have a, pa- a minivan, a twenty-person passenger. Twenty-person van. Is that what it is? Yep. Okay. I don't know who's driving. Yeah, who's driving? We didn't take some hire a and drive like I always do home from Mom's Ball. I like when the road I can is see melting. Barbecue Dave driving. Q's driving. Q's not drinking. He could drive. He could drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. could drive. That's definitely possible. We don't need to worry about that. It's going to be fun. We're going to cruise down there. We're going to feast, you know, for a few hours. Then we're going to go, you know, either Cyril Tips uh, we were thinking about or there's some other show at the May, I believe, that sounded like, yeah. you know, in our alley. Sure. You know, one of the old school gigs or whatever it is. Um, so I'm excited about that. You know, I'm leaving the very next day. I'm going to the airport the very next day to fly to California. So nice. uh, yeah, uh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. And I, like I said, I'm just I'm so ex- on Friday. I'm leaving that house. You know, I'm sleeping over Danny's house for that one night, the final night. You puke on his floor one more time. Yeah, <laughs> I hope not. I hope <laughs> not. He could go puke on my floor. You know, it reminds me of the time I came home from a trip to Boston. And I come into my house, and my landlady is in my living room, like, lying on the couch. She said she had some work to do in there, but I told her, I'm coming back. I'll be back at, you know, 7 o'clock, whatever. My landlady's lying on my couch, this hideous creature, and then she says to me, I just want to tell you, I took three shits and two pisses while you were gone. Oh, my God. And so it's reminding me of that, that I want all my friends to come over and take a shit on the floor of the house before I leave there. I'll come pee in the sink. Thanks, buddy. You guys ever, (laughs) I got to tell you something for our listeners. When you're six three, which I am, peeing in the sink is just really an easy, good way to go. Uh, I hope my landlord. See, I'm too short. Listening. I get splashback. Uh, but splash I don't know. It's we perfect don't, for me. I can we, be on the phone. I can texting and like just walk over to the sink and get it. We done. don't need any don't to, container to catch the feces or the urine. We just. Need I'm to. pretty sure I caught you peeing in the sink here one time. <laughs> I never peed in the sink here. Yeah, you did. No, I did. Yeah, you did. Maybe once when you were blacked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call back, baby. The it all back. comes together. It all there comes together. Look, we all know. About, we all know about blacking out. It's a, a scary but hilarious moment. And in retrospect, you got to make fun of it. You know, you can't you know shed too many tears over blacking out. Um, but how many times will that twenty-person uh, passenger van have to pull over on the way back for people requesting to take pee breaks? <laughs> I say the puke over, the over uh, pee bricks. The over under is going to be like oh, or puke. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be like three. Uh, we'll have some ladies on there. I'm taking the over. Guys. Yeah, I'm, taking, <laughs> I'm, taking I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over too. <laughs> Dave, oh, Dave Clemens is coming. The line is three. Dave, Dave Clemens is coming. Oh wow! Yeah, everybody. Oh, oh my god! It's a huge, huge. Why are we pulling oh over to pee again? Don't y'all have a jug? <laughs> 
Horrible uh, his birthday party at Snakes was a blast too. Good. We had two of those because Fuzz, Fuzz just Fuzz just had the birthday party. It was a really good. You know, the more of that story. Wait, is Fuzz coming on Friday? Yeah. Yep, of course. Oh my God! No, no, everybody, it's, it's wait, this is going to be like that party it. times ten for yeah. Friday. No, it's going to be really good. Clements is going to be there. It's the whole game. Yeah, it's going to be insane. It's going to be. insane. There's only a few people that can't make it. Half is out of town. His grandpa's in real trouble, and he had to fly oh, back no. to. Yep, he had to fly back Sorry to Florida to today. Uh, Marcus, I think, is out of town he with is, his yeah. uh, fiance. Oh wow, or something got, like yeah. that. He got engaged to uh, Anne Marie, I think is her name. Um, I just started seeing someone sort of socially, and I was like, no, I don't think you should come on this thing. Well, she could. No, I know she could. But it is for the but core it's just members. Like, we're it's gonna the core members. It's like it's all inside what, jokes. What, all what, night would long. I would I want to go on like a five-hour trip with? Her like twenty oldest friends. No, but you happen to have really cool friends. Jokes. You happen to. I don't think I would. You have that. some pretty entertaining friends. I don't though. think I would want that. You know, if I was, if you, I was, that you was, should be proud of your friends. Foot. You should be. You shouldn't. You shouldn't ever be worried or ashamed about your friends. They're among some of the funnier people around here. Good I people. would have to say. They're good people. You know what I mean? Meatballs coming. Oh, that's of it's, course. It's just going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Dan yeah. is coming. Super, super looking forward to it. Yeah. Look, shout out to uh, to Tracy and Marla, by the way, because uh, just I'm going to get some brownie points here. Yeah. With my girl. That, uh, Are you talking this, about anal sex? This was really their, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Good one. Hey. <laughs> but boom. Anal sex. It was really their idea. You know, because they do these travels around oh, right. Louisiana down there, oh, and they oh. know about this place. And like way many, many, many months ago, Tracy and Marla had to go on this uh, on one of these interview expeditions uh, down there, and they brought it up. So, you know, oh, that's great. Make sure you thank the ladies. Uh, oh, well. for, oh uh, and for coming up with the is coming. Idea. My landlord. Oh, oh, good. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. she yeah, yeah, yeah. Around, so like, there's all urban planners. There's, there's this urban planner circle that's going to be coming along. For the ride. So oh, I'll really? To, I'll have yeah, to not bring yeah. the peeing in the uh -huh. sink story on, on the no, passenger. No they censorship. Can take it. They, they can, can take be, it. We're, we're all adults, okay? Let me tell you okay. something about urban planners. There's there's definitely some chicks in urban planning that have blacked out. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, man. There Do are they some, like to get laid? There's some black. There's some black. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> we're gonna edit that. <laughs> we just got me tooed out of existence. <laughs> we're done. Right. We got griper tooed. <laughs> Look, I like to be taken advantage of when I'm blacked out, so I'm not wishing anything on anyone I wouldn't wish on myself. Okay. Oh, we've seen photos of it, as a matter of fact. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Toil time. Oh, Toil boy. Time. Toil time. Oh, Jed's going to be so pissed off. <laughs> That's all right. It I'm was funny that when you guys, when, when Q came back from your trip, that were from his trip to Thailand visiting you, the only photo he wanted to show was if you being blacked out making out with it not making out but i did kiss i did kiss a lady boy in the philippines when i was blacked out yes okay that is the truth and i'm not ashamed of either because i was blacked out and i know who right. i am and i'm not worried about it, it was hilarious right q dog for the next six months all he did was my show it to mother people. you know he would be like look at look at what your son did and he would like it would be do, total non sequitur it'd be yeah. like what do you you know you'd be talking about the saints you'd be like yeah but look at the thing with <laughs> he would show those look pictures at what, look at what he did yeah, yeah and he had it set up in like this little stop motion thing like so it was a little movie that he had it set up and he would just watch it and giggle it was the most fun that he ever had <laughs> yeah. was watching me do that it, they everyone else said that like he was the happiest guy in the world they never saw him laugh so much <laughs> <laughs> they never saw so happy. <laughs> so I'm glad that I was able to entertain exactly. them, you know. 
Well, um, it's a little kiss with a lady boy. Who cares? Um, at least I don't ju- remember. I'm not at least they don't I'm remember. Not. Once again, the look, most look. I saw the photo is... 800 times because I was hanging out with you back then, and uh, it's been a little she while. Was, he, she was cute. Yeah. Um, she, uh, we call her Michelle by night. Michael by day was the name. <laughs> we, <laughs> was the name that we <laughs> gave to it. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happened, and it was hilarious and cute, really. Uh, he hasn't shown for a while, but he really took to that. He really he really that was the highlight of our trip to Asia. That's for sure. And I um, how do you know nothing happened if you were blacked out? Because I came to consciousness as I was walking later down along like this boardwalk by the by the sea, and I like came to consciousness, looked over, and, and I said, "Get out of here!" Is what I said to this creature that was standing next to me, and then I went home. Um, so that, there you go. That, yeah, that is what that probably had. ended it. That that did end it. And then you know I woke up the next morning and had to endure the mockery of my friends throughout the entire next day. But I took it pretty well because again, um, yeah, it was a blacked out. You're among- self forgiving guy. I am. Unfortunately, I'm not. You'd think that that would be a lesson learned for some people, and then they wouldn't black out again. But nope. Maybe this <laughs> idea of lessons learned is not the thing that actually. Uh, disincentivizes you going forward. I think you're right. I think you're right. In fact, I might actually be proud about not learning a lesson. And exactly. No, there is a part of me that wants to stay the same and retain my crazy self. I, I think deep inside I feel that's connected to my creativity, blah, 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 or whatever oh, yeah, it is. That's a, that's a good one. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? I can't be the artist that I am. That's a good my one. Toil Town. Man, you're gonna get such a bump in ratings from this Toil Town stuff. We I sure think. are, dude. Jen is gonna be really especially when it comes out. When you guys, I are... think someone already wrote it and copyrighted it just already. You know, exactly. by me talking about it, Jed's exactly. not yeah, probably. Be, Jed's not yeah. gonna be able to do oh, it's it. It's a hot property. Uh, Jed just canceled your. Uh, he just texted me. He canceled your uh, writing. Oh, it did. Studio. That's good. Jed yeah. needs me desperately. Yeah. That's the truth. All right. No, Jed's a super creative, bright guy. We're buddies. You know, we've yeah. written stuff together before, but uh, he knows I'm going to be able to help him out. We hope to bust out a lot of it in Palm Springs and get at least the rough draft, you know, flowing. You know, like I said, Jeff, and I'll talk to Jed about it again and confirm it, but I'll send you those lyrics. And, oh, please do, man. Um, it's a funny I'd, tune. I'd like it's to, actually, I'd like to, yeah. you know, it's a, fun, it's a song about a guy who doesn't want to fall in love and think that love makes you weak. And, you know, the title's Love Leaves You Limp. Um, and, and you'll see it could be a country song it could be a torch song kind of belter uh-huh, type of tune right, in the Gershwin but I'll leave it up to you to okay. make a submission you know uh, I wouldn't call it an audition necessarily but whatever the best music is going to make it into the show ultimately okay. you know um, what's the end goal like if like what's the ceiling end goal and what's well, the, that's what's more, the, what's that, the it's more that's more about Jed. Look, I'm I'm just going out there to help him write the script. I see. To, you, you we are going to Skype in from California, okay? okay? He we are. He can rant about the Giants. Oh, he yeah. can say little homie needs to shut the fuck up and we'll Skype in together and he'll, you know, he'll tell you anything more that he wants to tell you about the practicality and the logistics of the project. I'm just I'm going to help her assistant, you know, I'm going to go out yeah. there and try and help him bust out a rough draft or a portion you. of the rough draft over a number of weeks and stuff like but that. But as co-writer. I'm not looking for any credit. This is totally gotcha. no strings attached. I Honestly, he's my buddy. It, it's a fun idea. It's a good idea. I'm just going to give him his money. If I ended up contributing enough that he wanted to give me some credit, fine. But I really won't be upset about anything at sure. all. And I'm just glad to help him out and have him pay for the house in Palm Springs. Nice. 
Toil Town, ladies and gentlemen. Toil Town, everybody, coming <laughs> and soon. And we are, we are going to definitely Skype and uh, right. Skype you in because, yeah. as the writing goes on, you know, as I work on this on the on the chords that underlie and the and a melody to uh, these line. lyrics that you're Love providing, um, which which I've not really done. You know, I mean, I I usually write fun. lyrics cool at the same, but it'll right? be a cool experience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm looking forward to doing that. And uh, folks, look out for uh, Toil Town. I'm just going to wrap it up. I think we're done yeah. here, right? Sounds yeah, good. sounds good. And, yeah, uh, Toil Town. Ivan, we're going to we're going to miss you, man. I we're love gonna you miss guys. Listen, love you too. Listen. We're going to have a, 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 a Titanic night on Friday. Friday night, by the way, it's going to be guys, Titanic. Look, I'm going to be skyping in from some cool locations. All right, so we're going to. I would love to come down and see listen, you in Mexico. By yeah, the way, uh, you guys are welcome. Yeah. I'm going to Skype in from. I'm going to go to Costa Rica <laughs> and Panama. After that, I'm going to be out in Asia for a number of months. After Word. that, yeah. right? Word. So every once in a while, I'm going to Skype in. Hopefully, you know, catch up with you guys and you know let our listeners hear what's going on yeah. with the epic journey around the world and everything like that but of course I, i'm gonna miss you i'm gonna miss the podcast and you know it's sad i haven't been here in so long but uh, we got a few more days together and uh, i'll be back before you know Do it you know what it means <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen joel singing for the first time on the it's a good life day podcast jeff and joel's tales from new orleans episode 143 we'll catch up with you next time folks yeah you're right bye